0: <laughs> we're not married <laughs> it was so so embarrassing
1: <laughs> we are getting old mate
0: No, this is just plain out of shape. I mean, uh, even with my age, I I can do a lot better than this.
1: (laughs) So, guys, if you haven't noticed, welcome to Toothy Saber podcast.
0: Yes, it's the best podcast recorded on my building.
1: (laughs) Also in... On yours, too. (laughs) Is it? Is it now?
0: (laughs) We don't know, actually. (laughs) It's,
1: It's the best
0: Apple podcast
1: I would, uh, I would go so far as to say it's the best podcast recorded in my apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh
0: boy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, listeners, but uh, we try this time. We really tried to put the podcast on a time with where we we were both awake, and we kept postponing it until a, a part of the day when we're both tired and not making much sense. <laughs> Well, at least as much chance as usual. As usual.
1: Well, this this wouldn't be a Tootsie Saber podcast if it wasn't this way.
0: It's our it's our trademark. <laughs> it's going to be our trademark. We can't get we can't get rid of it, so we're going to embrace it. You finally saw the Jobs movie? Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah, you know, on Netflix, I think. Yeah.
0: I've been pestering you to see it for about a year.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> you you have been. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah.
0: Finally, you went to see it, and you liked it. I did, I did. And I only have to bother you about the, for about a year. What took you so long?
1: Uh, I'm not quite sure. Probably the the same reason it it is taking you that long to play Portal.
0: I'm sorry, my friend. That's more than a year. That's like, what, five, six ages, years?
1: for ages now.
0: <laughs> you told me, you'll play Portal, you bought me Portal, I installed Portal, <laughs> and I still haven't played Portal. <laughs> And from time to time, you mentioned ladders, and I say, what? <laughs> you have to play it. Friends should have a rule, and when one of them is really convinced that uh, the other person is going to, is missing out on something, uh, you should have, uh, I don't know, a card. Yeah, you have, you have to see this, you have to play this, <laughs> you know, like once a month or something. You, now, you have to do this. <laughs> you're going to like it. I know you're going to like it. I, I know you, you're going to like it. And it's really bothering me that you're missing out on this. <laughs>
1: As as in bothering me, as in I'll kill you if you don't play it.
0: <laughs> no bothering. That's I would really like you to enjoy this with me. <laughs> it's like a bro role. <laughs> so yeah,
1: um, you should play it. I actually saw Steve Jobs movie, so I kind of liked it. Um, it's not kind of. Oh. I liked it. Okay, I liked it. It's not. It's not my type of movie, but I'm, I enjoy it quite quite a lot. You, I recall you saying that it wasn't supposed to be um, a very realistic movie about about Steve Jobs. Uh, no, it's
0: very unrealistic. It mm-hmm. uh, it covers three events. Oh, it covers three backstage events basically. And most of it, it's it's not true. Hmm. It didn't it didn't happen that way. And even the his uh, story with his daughter, okay. it's it's not really it's not <laughs> the way that went. I think it's more to promote the movie because it's basically a Steve Jobs. It's not Steve Jobs. It's a Steve Jobs figure hmm. or the perception of the public, the public has about okay. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Not about the real Steve Jobs, but uh, we both we think that it it gives a go- it gives a good idea of the person to a, someone like uh, like us who mm-hmm. doesn't know Steve, who didn't know Steve personally. Personally, it gives a, an idea at least of what most people think about him. Right? It's
1: mm. yeah, I think so. Yeah, a flawed yet
0: very driven person. Yeah, and very perfectionist and. Uh, so it it it's not accurate. It's not historically accurate. It's not a biography, mm-hmm. but it it it, it give I think it gives us a good a good idea about a man like Steve Jobs. Maybe it's not Steve, but someone like him.
1: Someone inspired on on Steve Jobs, yeah.
0: I really enjoy uh, a discussion he had with Woz. They were arguing, and uh, Woz was complaining that uh, he was not a designer, he was not a coder. Mm-hmm. What oh, did yeah. he do? It
1: was probably the best part of the movie, yeah.
0: And his response was, "I played the orchestra." And that's really what he did in, you know, in Apple.
1: Is that, is that really quoting him? Did, did he say that? No, no, no. no.
0: no. Because no, that's,
1: that's, I, it strikes me like something he, he would actually say. Yeah,
0: none of those conversations actually, actually happened. happened in, yeah. Wozniak Inclusive uh, said that uh, the, the things his character said, it never, never really happened. Mm-hmm. But it, like, like I said, it didn't happen, but it gave us a good idea of the man. You you can imagine Steve saying that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we miss Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we, I we, I really like Tim Cook. I think he's a great Apple CEO. He has another... He has a different, different managing style than, it's a than different Jobs. Style, he has a different
1: style, but I would argue that it, it's a, a better style for Apple.
0: Corporate Apple, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, he's passionate about other things like social justice and uh, the environment. And it's great. mm mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes yeah, yeah. I, I miss i miss steve i mean
1: <laughs> yeah sure he was one of one of a kind yeah,
0: yeah and i'm sure we're going to lose the, there there's going to be things that are not going to happen because it's not here with us and and that's a shame
1: oh sure yeah although the the spirit uh, was inherited in apple i think a lot of people still carry that that kind of uh passion and innovation that uh, characterized Steve?
0: Yeah, I think he, he built Apple in his image, right? And uh, mm. the, the people that are still there, most of them were from his time. From his time, yeah. Even Tim Cook. So, yeah, it's it's still, in some ways, it still resembles Steve's Apple. In another ways, Tim Cook, it, it's Tim Cook's mm-hmm. Apple. Do you know who Don, Mel- Don Melton is?
1: Don Melton? No, I don't think I do. Don.
0: Uh, he was the original Safari guy. <laughs> okay. When Apple introduced Safari, he was uh, the responsible for it.
1: The, the lead designer, the, the lead engineer.
0: Yeah, the lead engineer. Yes, he was the 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 the, re- the responsible for the project. You know, he, he didn't work on the project. He was he was directing the project? I think he worked directly with, with Scott Forstall, or to Scott for- reported to Scott Forstall.
1: Oh, the guy with the the silly shirts. Yeah, I remember
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he actually says a, a lot of good things about him.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, like like everything, like everything. Yeah, every person has his, his flaws and, his, and the and good things and and apparently the guy is is also a genius. So, hey, <laughs> he said he didn't saw any of the Jobs movies or read the biography mm-hmm. because he would he didn't want to because he has a, he has memories of. Of knowing Steve personally, and he wanted to keep him like no, he wanted he didn't to, him, yeah. yeah, he want to preserve the memories mm-hmm. and not be influenced by by the other things
1: that makes sense.
0: Which it, it, I think it's not. Yeah, it's it makes sense because you know memory. It's not it's not a hard drive. It's just us um, recollecting some things, imagining others, uh, filling the gaps. And I respect it. You know uh, the fact sure. that he has a few. He had a few memories with Steve, and he wanted to keep them uh, intact. Intact, yeah. So let's move on to. do You want to talk about the the iPhone? Everybody's talking about the iPhone. Oh sure. We finally got to leaks time, right? I, I really thought this year we we're gonna get to September without uh, knowing much about uh, about a new <laughs> iPhone, but it turns out no,
1: no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> we actually, we actually got the information um, from another source entirely. Uh,
0: usually, it's what it's uh, it's uh, hardware leaks. There, there were, I think, there were some hardware leaks, also
1: a lot lesser than than some other years. But yeah, this time around, it was uh, from the Apple Thingy firmware.
0: Apple <laughs> You still call it Apple Thingy. I Apple Pod. It Apple it's Thingy. It's a stupid name, but it's Apple Pod.
1: I prefer Apple <laughs> Thingy. And if I ever buy one, I'm going to place a sticker that says Apple Thingy.
0: Apple Thingy. Okay.
1: <laughs> Apple Thingy, can you
0: check the weather for me? It doesn't do that yet. I don't think it does that.
1: What, well, a, a, a personalized uh, prompt.
0: Uh, no, it doesn't do the weather yet. I think they only demoed it with um, with music. Oh, okay. You can still, you, you will, supposedly, you'll be able to speak with it, but not just yet. Okay. It it's it was apparently a very a very early product, a very early prototype. Prototype,
1: okay. So uh, this time around, we have a um, quite a different setup of iPhones. We have, uh, what, uh, three iPhones, perhaps four?
0: We already tried to record this once and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, uh, I mentioned that, for me, this leak was just a way of covering up the the one thing everybody's expecting, <laughs> that's the <laughs> iPhone SE2. And, you know, they got everybody distracted with the new iPhone, the Hyperphone, whatever, and nobody is thinking about the iPhone SE2. <sighs>
1: So, what what are the uh, the specs you're you're considering? The iPhone conspiracy theory is going to support what?
0: <laughs> I'm not. I was just joking. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Oh man, uh, this is, this sounds exciting. I know, but I was really wanting to know if it's going to be and if there's going to be a second SE, and I don't know. There's no leaks about that.
1: <laughs> well, the interest isn't there. But I think that we will be I think I've read something about a a suspected new s e model yeah. perhaps yeah perhaps um using components from the iPhone six or inspire in the in the iphone six, so we probably should see something uh, along those lines yeah so the the crown jewel this year it's probably the Oled iphone um which you call hyperphone hyper
0: iphone. Yeah. <laughs> hyper iphone yeah <laughs> okay. i wrote hyper phone i wanted to call it hyper iphone yeah hyper <laughs> iphone it, it doesn't work it's on the same category that mac that uh, then mac mini macro was, you know? yeah i'm not good at names no I'm, I'm telling you if i'll say a stupid name like this hyper phone but then phil schiller goes on stage it will look good when he says it <laughs> it will be convincing
1: you have to have a lot of courage
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so besides the uh, the iPhone SE we will probably see three models this year um the the classical the now classical 4.7 iPhone and uh, the um 5.5 5 inches iPhone the the iPhone plus
0: yeah the plus the plus, plus version and and the uh, ipad mini version
1: and the ipad mini version or whatever you want to call it the hyperphone <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is 5.8 right
1: uh, so the naming is actually the the thing i'm most curious about because we already know almost everything about the uh, the the new iphones and if history tells us um something it's that it's probably those rumors are probably right or at least uh, they're quite close to what we're we're going to see in September. But the naming is is all over the place. Some people call it the iPhone Pro, others the iPhone Eight. It's an um, anniversary edition or something uh, something like that. I don't know. What do you think it's gonna be called? The, the new iPhone.
0: iPhone Pro. iPhone Pro, really? I think, uh, yeah. Now you get again. The iPad, just the iPad without any numbering. Mm-hmm. You've got the iPad and the iPad Pro. And I think you've got the Macs, the MacBook, and the MacBook Pro. So I think they're just going to do the same on the iPhone. They're going to have the regular iPhone and the Pro phone. That it's a lot more expensive and it's not for everybody, but it's the, it makes sense at least.
1: If at least it's coherent with with the other products, and if you look at the other products, you can somehow establish that. Uh, um, so it makes sense if you compare it to to other products. But um, come on, really, calling a knife Pro, I think that that only that only makes sense if you if you do a lot of work with it okay you can get away oh, you're, with, with
0: you're ass- you're associating the pro to professional yeah
1: to professional because if I, I don't know you can call pro to a to a laptop computer or to a desktop computer even even an ipad can get away with that uh, with that naming but on a phone I, I really don't think it makes it makes sense i, I don't know
0: Um, I think it does, because I don't think Apple uses Pro as professional. They use Pro just to signify a more expensive, better model. (laughs) But you're right, maybe they should call it the iPhone Star Trek Edition. (laughs) I like it.
1: (laughs) So besides the the naming convention, what are the the, the specs you are most most eager to see on on the new iPhone?
0: Well, I'm actually not very eager to see anything. In the sense that I'm, I'm more curious how they're going to solve the problems they introduced, <laughs> because you're going to have a, a bezel iPhone, yeah, right? Right. So without the Touch ID, that bothers me. It's an, you know, it's I don't like the idea. Don't mm-hmm. we still don't know if they're going to have uh, the indentation on the top for the the front-facing camera, the speaker, and or oh,
1: well, we do. No, no, we do. We do. We do. Yeah. The. It's going to be visible. It's going to be visible. Yeah. So if you if you look up for the uh, the iPhone rumors mill, uh, you can see that uh, leaked on on the Apple Pod firmware. There's um actually a, a vector graphic that depicts the front the front facing uh, appearance of the the new iPhone. So yeah, it has a little. Um, there's a little indent containing the, uh, the, the cameras and the, and the sensors probably going, there are going to be used for face recognition, something like face ID or something like that.
0: Did it work for you aesthetically? I didn't like it very much. Yeah, yeah.
1: I did. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the things I really don't like about the iPhones is the, uh, the huge bezels on, on top and, uh, and on the bottom. I don't know. I, they really don't work. Uh, to me, I always wanted a a, a bezel-less, uh, uh screen. So yeah, uh, the the design really works for me.
0: Yeah, but the top end, it's it's a bit weird.
1: It's different, but it's nothing you can uh, you, uh, get used to. You know, actually, if you if you look at at the current iteration of uh, of iPhones, you can see that the top the top level of the screen it's it's used mainly for a kind of status bar. What they probably are going to do is split it and split them in in two parts, and the battery level is going to to the right, and the uh, the signal strength is going to the left. Probably that leaves the what the the clock to I don't know what what they could could do. Probably just keep it on. Just remove it. On, remove it or keep it on
0: on the same on the same place. No you can always see it on the lock stream, so yeah so, but you're excited about with new phone i'm i'm just I'm actually more interested to see how how, how are they going to to sell me to sell the idea of the new phone mm mm-hmm. uh, than to see the new phone <laughs> does does it make sense to you It does yeah, yeah because i get it they they're gonna have uh supposedly they're
1: gonna have to convince the the apple fans and and the consumers to ditch to get away with the iPhone that ditches the the home screen which has been an hallmark for for the iPhone design for ages now and and to remove the the touch ID which they always marketed as the best solutions for for security on on the iPhone so yeah they, you're right they have a lot to prove and that's going to be fun on september to see what what they have in store for us
0: Oh Phil, you're gonna have a big day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but actually, I wasn't meant. I wasn't. Actually, I was referring to they're now gonna have a, a very expensive phone supposedly, and they're still gonna to have to sell. They're still gonna have the 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 main sales is gonna be the the plus and the regular model. And the regular model. And how they're going to do that balance? Like these are the new phones. They are great. We have this one that's much better. <laughs> but this is what you're going to buy. <laughs> it's...
1: Well, probably for for people that don't like bezel-less, uh a less smartphone, or or that still requires to have Touch ID, perhaps they they're going to be marketed for people that prefer that uh, that solution.
0: Probably it's just it's just going to be the price range because most people. Will not be interested in buying uh, very expensive phones, so they'll still buy the regular models. Yeah,
1: perhaps model. I'll argue that uh, they'll, they'll, they're still be, gonna be the, the best-selling iPhones on, on their lineup. The new one? No, 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 no. The the regular ones.
0: Oh yes, of, of course. Yeah. The, they what for, from what I read they have they haven't they don't have the capacity to produce uh, the new one on the large scale, so. It's just going to be aspirational mm-hmm. <laughs> or a status symbol.
1: It's, it's for, you know, it, it's the 10th anniversary to, to the iPhone. So they have to do something special. So instead of, of replacing the, the regular models with a, with a technology that it's still hard to, to produce at large scale, perhaps it was smart for of them to, to introduce a third model. As a as a kind of a uh, show off, as what we we should expect for two thousand eight and mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I just found out the name of it. It's the iPhone special edition. <laughs> it's the new iPhone SE <laughs> <laughs>
1: that has been thrown around. Yeah, but uh, the naming uh, kind of yes.
0: Uh, oh man, I thought that was being original. No, no, no.
1: But that the problem is also the same because there's already an iPhone SE. I think someone in the marketing department is now scratching their head. Why did why did we get an iPhone <laughs> SE?
0: They, they must have that a lot.
1: Oh, Apple thingy.
0: <laughs> Since we're on the Apple thingy, huh? did, did it appeal to you? Would you buy something like, something like that?
1: It depends on the price. Um,
0: or the three hundred
1: and fifty dollars. I think it's kind of priced right, but uh, it's not my my cup of tea. Uh, but uh, actually, Carla mentioned that she would like to to have a um, a speaker with with great sound and added functionality. So I don't know. Perhaps uh, I'll buy one in the future. I I have no idea.
0: Okay, so you're gonna wait and see. All right.
1: Yeah, sure. So one of one of the other things that I like on 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 the new the new wallet phone a new iPhone perhaps we should call it iPhone 8 i think it's the um because of of the the bezeless area we now get uh, an iPhone 5.8 inches in a in almost the body of the of the 4.7 inch o- almost yeah it's it's slightly larger but you you shouldn't notice you should only notice the difference if you're holding the two phones on your on your hand side by side yeah so, but that's great because I always wanted to have more real estate, like five point five inches, like the iPhone Plus has. It's it's great, but uh oh, the 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 iPhone is really big. I don't know if you had the chance to to hold one, but uh, uh,
0: the Plus or the, Plus, the, the, the Plus. regular one? Yeah, it's big. It's
1: too big. Yeah, I I don't think it works for me. You know,
0: actually, the uh, my girlfriend has a a Samsung Galaxy seven i think it's a seven mm-hmm. edge and it's really big for me she likes the size for me it's really big
1: a lot of people actually like the, those kind of
0: big it has one thing it has the an oled screen mm-hmm. it's probably the the iphone is going to use the, it it's going to use the samsung oled screens i think probably so it's yeah. going to be very similar and it's a very good screen okay I used the uh, Samsung S4 uh, a few years about, ago, yeah. uh, a few months ago. No, a few months oh, ago, <laughs> uh, before I'm using now. I'm using an iPhone 5, <laughs> <laughs> but a few months ago, I was in a, an S4, and it had an OLED screen. But it still had some some of those OLED problems, like it it wasn't very bright when I want to see something on the outside. It was mm-hmm. difficult to read. It had a high resolution, but it wasn't it wasn't so crisp like on the iPhone. Mm. But the OLED screen on the on the Samsung Galaxy S7, it's really nice. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, not for me, but well, mm-hmm. those people who will, will, will buy the will <laughs> buy it,
1: Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's actually a, a discussion if you will have uh, access to a 5.8 inch uh, screen of of uh, display area. There's actually a discussion if. If uh, we'll actually be able to use the all the the screen area and get a, f- a functional 5.8 inch uh, OLED screen, or if the Apple is going to reserve uh, the bottom half half as a function area to have a, some kind of virtual uh, home home screen
0: button? Oh, like the Android phones?
1: Uh, perhaps something on those lines. Yeah. So that would reduce the the screen size to 5.15 inch
0: i don't I don't like that idea. No,
1: I don't like that idea either, and i I hope, and I guess they they're not going to to go that way.:
0: It misses the point, right? You have a a phoneless bezel, you have a bigger screen, but then you can't use it.
1: Yeah, perhaps you'll be able, even if they reserve a portion of the screen to a function area, I guess we'll still be able to play a movie on full screen and using the the entire area of the screen. I don't know, perhaps sometimes you you'll be able to you won't be able to use that that area. As it pro- probably some apps should, I don't know, require still a, a home button, even if it's a virtual one.
0: Actually, this is really cool because we we started this like we practically know everything about the new iPhone, but <laughs> we still need to see it, to see it on stage to. F- Know how, how are they going to solve all this? I, yeah, we know how it's going to be, but we still need to see it. <laughs> we know how it's going to look like, not how it's,
1: going, how it's going to function. Exactly.
0: We know the hardware, but we still have to see the software working yeah. with the hardware. And, and that's great. Yeah, it's we're still anxious to see yeah. how, how are they going to do this. And there's a, a lot of things that we still don't
1: know. We don't know the, the camera resolution, we don't know if they're going with a brighter uh, lens configuration. We do know that they, they also have um, a dual, uh, dual camera configuration with, with, uh, with a single flash. It's actually strange because they, they, they're going with um, the pill-shaped camera housing. It's going to, ver- to be vertical vertical now, not our horizontal like on, on, on the other models.
0: Does it make a difference?
1: Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's one of those things. I'm not quite sure about the design of the, of the camera sensors for the iPhones, but I think that the sensors are square. They don't hold the uh, the aspect ratio, the final aspect ratio of the of the uh, of the photos. So does um, the camera orientation shouldn't be an issue. The, you could you could can use it either way, either. Horizontal position or a vertical position on on the on the chassis, and you can configure the same results. Yeah. So, but there's there's a already a thing that I don't like, and I um, yeah I know you're not on the same page as I am. We're not going going to get a unibody design like like the, the the regular phones, and that's because I think they're going to introduce the uh, wireless wireless uh, charging, and as you know. They they shouldn't be able to, to maintain a, a metal body construction. So they are probably going to get back the, the glass uh, surface on the back. Uh, and I'm not too sure that I like that solution.
0: <laughs> I, think it, I disagree with you because I, I think the 4S mm-hmm. was the most beautiful iPhone. But I got to tell you, it's not very pleasant to hold.
1: <laughs> no, it's
0: not. It's not a good surface, but I think what ninety percent of people use uh covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they shouldn't have problem with it. It will be nothing, you know. It's it's going to look good on stage, mm-hmm. and then everybody's going to put on a cover, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually use take my
1: cover um, from my phone a lot these days because I I really like the touch from the metal unibody back, and it feels it feels really nice.
0: It's it's a bit slippery.
1: It's it's kind of slippery, but uh, it looks so nice. I really like it. It's like the uh, the MacBooks. Uh, the, the finish is really top notch.
0: We've been talking a lot about games on this podcast. Especially me, I'm always complaining. You know, you don't, you can't game on the Mac. You can, but there's restrictions. There's, <laughs> there are restrictions. I noticed that I have an extra copy of a game I really like. That's called Papers, Please go look for it on the internet it's not for everybody but uh if you can get emotionally involved with that kind of a game i think you'll like it and we'd like we'd like to give it to one of our listeners so if you can send us an, e- an email saying uh, i don't know what what should you say oh why are, why are we called to saber <laughs> where the name where does the name come from if you can answer that uh, it means that you're uh, listening to us for a while, or that at least you listen to the right episode, and yep. uh, we'll we'll give the the steam code to to the person.
1: The first the first correct answer, yeah.
0: All right, uh, we're done with the games, and uh, we already did the special episodes uh, talking about uh, apps monetization and and it, it's a topic I wanted to bring back
1: and it's a topic that uh, it has been discussed uh, a lot lately so yeah. you should get back on it yeah.
0: for one thing uh, we mentioned there was a, an application we both liked and at the time we couldn't remember the name it was called Zit mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was basically it was a bit like Flipboard not on the way they presented things, but in the sense that it gave you news and you voted it up or down And it it would personalize your feed. Mm -hmm. It also had initially the advantage that you you could, for example, you could block a writer, a specific writer you didn't like, but still get the publication, which was nice, at least for me. Unfortunately, that uh, app disappeared. It was bought, I think, by CNN or... CNN, yeah. I remember, And it was on a support line for a few years, no updates, we kept using it because there was no replacement. Yep. There still isn't a replacement. And eventually it got bought by Flipboard and supposedly integrated into Flipboard and And, we don't like Flipboard. And Flipboard,
1: (laughs) I don't think it it managed to capture the the Z technology and essence because Flipboard still sounds a lot like the Flipboard from years ago. So yeah.
0: But uh, there is one big aspect of Zit that I liked a lot, and that doesn't happen on Flipboard. Zit content was from a very wide range of sites. It wasn't just the the big ones, those that everybody talks about. I mean, I don't know how it would discover content that we would never find out for ourselves, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a really a really big plus.
1: Yeah, that that was one, one of the things I liked a lot. And and quoting uh, Gabe from Mac Drift Drifter it's it felt like uh, recommendations from my friends because uh, it really got to know you very well the 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 uh the algorithm uh, actually learned a lot how what type of articles and what type of content you really liked so it, it 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 was a one perhaps one of the of the best apps that i had on ios and it was a huge deal when when it went away
0: yeah for example we have similar tests and if we're going to compare our 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 RSS feeds, they're they're similar mm-hmm. at least in, in a big part. But uh, our Zit was very different.
1: Oh yeah, remember we once we once did a comparison, yeah. Yeah,
0: and we it, it, we get very different news because mm-hmm. it was really personalized. You you could tell it was just for you.
1: Still, still regarding Zit, we have a, a quote from Mark Johnson, and it goes on something like like this. Uh, the problem with Zit, my bosses have always said this. Uh, I have always said this. is just that Zit is not in the hands of enough people. Once people get their hands on Zit, uh, they they say, "Whoa, I can't just live without this." Our retention rates are amazing. Our engagement is amazing. We never really achieved the the breakthrough uh, success that Fli- uh, Flipboard had.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that that will just it. I mean, I remember Flipboard as soon as as soon as it was launched. It had really, it appeared everywhere, every blog everywhere yeah. talked about Flipboard, and it wasn't like that. I mean, it was very good.
1: Actually, I, I think it was because of a gimmick, because Flipboard did that uh, that uh, virtual page like flipping, you know. And uh,
0: yeah, I don't like it.
1: I don't like <laughs> it either. But I, I think a lot of people. Uh, got stuck on that uh, on that gimmick and not actually on on the quality of the algorithm or the quality of the, the functioning of the app and zit i don't know if you recall it but zit wasn't exactly the, at least the first iteration uh, was actually ugly, ugly. Uh, i don't know um, what's your opinion about the the ui but
0: uh, i didn't like it well it was it it never stopped being ugly
1: <laughs> In the last year, it it improved uh, quite a bit, but um, yeah, it was still kind of ugly. Yeah,
0: even the icon was bad.
1: Oh yeah, and they tried uh, a lot of different approaches. They once they had an a owl, I think. Do you remember?
0: No, I don't remember the owl. I just remember the the last one, the final. They were all, they were all bad. Yeah. the The good thing about it wasn't the design; it was how it worked. Yeah. And is uh, it? And it was very easy to use. It was very extremely, yeah. I think Flipboard it really brings the the disadvantages of a of a physical magazine to the computer mm-hmm. to the to iOS. It's beautiful, but it's not practical. It stands in your way, and yeah, okay, Zit wasn't very good looking. I wish it was, but it worked very well. Yeah, I'm on the same page. The, the reason that I I suggested this topic for. Today's episode was because we talk about Unread was one of my favorite um, RSS readers. It was developed by Jared Sinclair. It now belongs to it would belong it belonged to Supertop, I think a couple of weeks ago. And they just now so <laughs> they sold it again. They actually mentioned that they didn't know what to do with it a few a few weeks ago and it ended up, ended, ended up being sold. And this is this is a very recurring team. I remember that uh and I started using the iPhone. I didn't use Instapaper at the time. I used it to read it later. Do you do you remember? Read it read it later. Yeah, sure. I, uh, it started as a, as um as an extension for Firefox. For
1: Firefox, yeah. It turned into an app for iOS, I think.
0: Yeah, for iOS, yes. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we had the, the read it later and Instapaper. I used uh, in in the beginning because I was coming from from Firefox. Mm-hmm. I I, ex- I kept using uh, Read It Later. Eventually, I don't remember when I I stopped using Read It Later and uh, started using Instapaper. I migrated to Instapaper. I think I like typography. I think it was <laughs> just a question of typography. Mm-hmm. I liked the typography better on Instapaper.
1: It was better, better looking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they were they were both good apps. And eventually Marco sold this to Pepper because it wasn't doing very well. He sold it to BetterWorks and BetterWorks tried a few new things, uh, some uh, different uh, revenue models. It apparently didn't work out very well because uh, it was bought by Pinterest a few months ago. Oh, yeah. I and remember. now it's a free app and you can use all the all the features for free, but it's probably on life support mode and we're not going to, it's going to disappear. Yeah, probably read it later has a, had a different, uh, at different, uh, evolution because they actually took some VC money and they, they really, it's, it stopped being an independent mm-hmm. project and it's because it's a big company. It's, it's now called pocket. pocket yeah. uh, and I think it's the, now it's, it's probably the reference of the read later, apps right
1: it's a great app I'm, I'm actually a paying customer i have a, a subscription and an annual su- subscription and it's one of the, my favorite apps so you were talking about we were talking a moment ago about zit and um i don't know if you i i don't think you use pocket do you use pocket uh,
0: actually i use instapaper and pocket <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's kind of a strange approach
0: approach no, uh, it's it like this. I I always use Instapaper and kept Pocket on the side, you know, just to see how it evolved. And uh, when I saw that Instapaper was bought by by Pinterest, I I thought, well, it might I might as well get used to Pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, uh, as I, I was saying, and um, since we were talking about Zit, uh, you should happy you should be happy to know that uh, at least on the iPhone, not not on a, on the Mac desktop app. But on the iPhone, you have a um, kind of a similar functionality uh, because it, it, the, the Pocket app is going to read your, your preferences from the, the, uh, the articles you save. And it's going to give you a, a daily roundup with uh, the best saves from the community of Pocket users, trending topics on, on Pocket to Explore, and things based on your interest, and I, I'm I'm using it, and uh, I, I I like it quite a lot. It's actually very well implemented. You should give it a try.
0: I'm going to surprise you.
1: You're already using it.
0: Most uh, articles I save to Pocket are the articles they, rec- they they recommend to me. Oh, nice. So right now. Probably eighty percent of what I read in Pocket, it's not something I just throw there to read later. But it's actually something that they rec- they recommend me to read. Cool. So yeah, it's a it's a good feature. It's a great. It works feature, well. yeah,
1: It works really really well. Yeah,
0: but I actually don't know if they're still a sustainable company or not. I, I hope they can hold on.
1: I would love to see this this scale down or scaled up, if you will, to the to the Mac.
0: Like a native app.
1: It has a native app. It has? Yeah, it has. It has been here for a long time now. But it doesn't support the same features as the iPhone does.
0: Oh, uh, I don't use the Mac version. I didn't know it had a Mac version. It does, yeah. So, uh, can I come back to Unread for yeah, a moment? sure. Just because it's... Like I said, it was... A, we Both both of us use Reader. But I always kept... I still do. I always kept Unread and Reader installed. And I jumped from <laughs> one to a, to the other. I use Reader most of the time, like 80% at least. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I liked, I liked the way Unread works. I liked the, I liked it. Uh, and sometimes I just want to change a bit and go to Unread. The big advantage the Reader app has for me, it's, I have a lot of RSS RSS feeds. It's easier to uh, at a glance Mm -hmm. check out all my feeds and uh, just look at those, those I want. And Enread actually took a different approach. The idea, I think, the original idea was actually to have less feeds and to read all your feeds to attract a public that, that that had fewer feeds and they just wanted an elegant way to read them.
1: Quality over over quantity.
0: Yeah. So uh, Jared Sinclair announced Enread for the iPhone on February fourth, two thousand fourteen, for three dollars. <laughs> and this is one of the problems. Three dollars is. <laughs> For an iPhone, for this kind of quality app, it's really low. It's really low, yeah. <laughs> when I started uh, doing research for this topic uh, I, and I saw this, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he uh, didn't make a lot of money. Uh, I actually have a quote from him. If you've stopped using RSS, consider trying it again. We then read, follow fewer subscriptions, read better stuff, not more stuff. So he had a different point, of, a different approach. So, when Reader, it's actually not even trying to compete with Reader. It's trying to appeal to a, kind, a different kind of mm-hmm. RSS reader, uh, RSS uh, customer, <laughs> user, RSS user. Just a few months uh, after, in June in June two thousand fourteen, he launched the iPad version for five dollars, for ninety nine Right. <laughs> but I remember when I used. the uh, use it on the iPad, it really is, it was one of those apps that showed that it, it had a lot of thought into it. It wasn't a big version of the phone. It was really considering the, the it was uh, an app designed for the iPad. And once again, launched for 4.99. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it in a very few months. He launched the, the, the iPhone in February, the iPhone version, mm-hmm. and the iPad version in June. It was really fast. So the pricing wasn't there. Well, actually, I think this, this kind of pricing was actually typical at the time. It really has proven not to be sustainable. Even uh, when Marco Armand had Paper, it was probably the best at the time, the best, uh, the best known or the mm-hmm. best recommended read, read later app. And he sold it exactly because, you know, with time you stop having less users. And you only yeah. have you only get paid once. Once yeah, so.
1: we have to remember that this is still a very young market, and people are still experimenting with it.
0: Uh, so, uh, actually, Jared did a thing that uh, you don't see a lot. He he documented very well in blog posts the the work he put in, he put on the on the app, uh, the the sales figures, you know. Actually, some now you you see some some developers to do that, but I, th- I think I, th- I think at the time it was a very unique thing. It did. And he talked about uh, that uh, he worked for about uh, six to eight hours to sixty to eighty hours a week to develop uh, Unread. Hmm. and. Uh, Obviously, that has a, that has a, that was difficult for him. It uh, affected his marriage and his mental health. And it's wow! Can you imagine sixty to eighty to sixty to eighty hours a week coding? It's oh boy! Like I said, he, he launched things really fast and redeveloped really fast. And uh, you can see he was putting the work when he he went to evaluate what the earnings he did. Reality kind of set in, and I'm going to quote him again. Unread still only earned forty-two thousand dollars in sales, forty-one after taxes and expenses, and it's on a course that doesn't promise much growth. So a few months after he launched Unread, he already was on the descending phase of the of customers. Mm-hmm. You can see that for all the effort he put in, it didn't uh, give him much money. It's it's not. Uh, it wasn't, at this time, a sustainable business. Mm, it
1: didn't pay off as much as he was expecting. Yeah. yeah. No, that can happen.
0: Yeah. A few months later, he, he started a, a new job. And the, he announced that he was going to keep uh, you know, uh, doing... Um,
1: small updates.
0: And- yeah, small updates and bug fixes mm-hmm. to, to Unread. But he couldn't dedicate time anymore. A month after that, he sold it for Supertop. The guys that took Castro, that, that is my favorite now... At, that is now my favorite podcast 100%. app, and apparently it was also Jared at the time. So we sold them to them, mm-hmm. and they never really got anywhere with it. It didn't. It, it didn't change much since the original. Since, since the original Unread, and they were discussing a few weeks ago that they have uh, ideas to do an Unread too, but it would require a lot of effort to the, for them. And they wasn't they weren't very sure about the financial part and they didn't have the time. They wanted to dedicate the time to the to Castro. To Castro. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know what to do with it. And now <laughs> I just read a few days ago they sold <laughs> this sold and read to Golden Hill Software. It's you you guys can see it grander, you know? <laughs> Some guys start a service and intent just gets sold and sold and I hope it's it's a new start for Unread, but usually it's it, it, it's just the last stage before disappearing.
1: It's like the swan song of the app world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope that uh, Unread has a future, but uh, just judging by what happened to the other apps I liked, I don't. I'm skeptical. I know. Yeah. I I hope it does well. I would like to see a, a new version of Unread, but. I, say, I would say that the odds are against it. So that takes us to a
1: whole other thing, which is um, if this, this kind of uh, uh, revenue source isn't sustainable, what's the other option? And we, we've talked about it quite a lot on, on our special edition. And it probably, the, the solution is probably subscriptions. You might not like it. I have mixed feelings about it, but it's probably the only solution we have right now.
0: I don't I don't think it works for every app. I think there are still apps that are going to work fine with a one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. For example, I think we mentioned uh, weather apps. You liked the carrot weather app and they launched mm-hmm. a new one. Uh, you had to pay for it again, didn't you? Uh,
1: yeah, it's a... a once uh, purchase but now actually a lot of
0: in app purchase there's
1: there's a lot of in app pur- purchase and in app subscriptions to access more more features and that's becoming uh, uh, more common having a having a fee to to buy the, the app and then unlock uh, more features uh, within the app uh, with subscriptions
0: okay I, th- I think for some apps like that or other kind of apps it's it's better to you know, you just uh, sell the app and uh, you use the in-app purchases mm-hmm. to do an upgrade or you launch a new version of the app from time to time. It's it's not all apps can guarantee uh, enough value to justify a, a, sub- mm-hmm. a subscription, sure. basically. Yeah. I'm going to go back uh, to Jared again because uh, he did a, a blog post about the sales of uh, RSS and at the time this was in two thousand fourteen uh, the conclusions he had was that the paid up front market was smaller than it that it appeared. the coverage from influential bloggers drive more sales than the app store feature it's that surprises me it doesn't it doesn't surprise you
1: no not really
0: really I thought that having the the being featured on the App Store was the best thing that that could happen for an app, but apparently, being uh, discussed on podcasts and on the blogs, it's better.
1: I think podcasts and blogs generate a lot of hype, so that's probably the the most advantage way to to publicize your your app. It's probably that way, yeah.
0: So I'm going to continue with these conclusions. Uh paid upfront business models don't generate sustainable revenues. If you want to make real money from a paid upfront app, you your launch week has to be a box office smash. I think this is common. The most of app, most apps, even when they are they have some hype behind them, they make most of their money on the beginning of the life cycle and then and then it just goes dropping off. Don't launch your paid upfront app at a reduced price. The demand for your for your app will likely never be higher again. Mm-hmm. Price it accordingly. Sustainable revenue must come from other sources than the original app purchases, either from consum- consumable in-app purchases or from recurring subscri- subscriptions. So this was back in 2014, and he was already talking about all the changes that are that we are now experiencing, the transformation from. Uh, paid up front to, require, to, su- to a subscription model, to, a subscription model mm-hmm. to using the in-app purchases?
1: Well, we probably will see a lot more apps uh, migrating to, to this kind of, uh, of subscription uh, recurring um, solution. It's sometimes it, it's worse. Sometimes you, you end up paying more, but others you don't. Others, uh, other times you actually retain more value because like we said on on the special edition we we it's a wait for you to 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 make sure the the app will will receive a continuous um uh, developing uh, effort uh, on their part so I don't know would you prefer to to pay less in one time for for an app and see it vanish a couple of years uh, from that time on probably not.
0: Well, it depends. It depends how much you value the app. Yeah, sure. For example, uh, I don't know. I would be willing to pay a subscription for Reader if uh, Sylvie introduced that because it's a very important app for me. Mm-hmm. I would probably wouldn't be interested in doing that for other or other apps. If I'm going to pay a subscription, it's going to be for a small number app, for a small number of apps and only the ones that I really like or use frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example, you use AirMail, which is a paid app. Yeah, the same here. Yeah. I use Spark, which is free, but they both have the same problem. You, you pay—I don't know how much you paid for AirMail, but it's, it's a cheap—it's a cheap app, isn't? It? Seven euros, I think. Yeah, it's one time. It's and a Mail app. It's something. It's very complex, and it's going to need a lot of
1: one time. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. Uh, I used the first version and. I don't recall the price. Then they launched the uh, Air two, and it's a separate app. And if you wanted to the de- upgrade, you had to buy the the second the second app. And the second app was was seven euros, I think. Yeah. So it's no, not much,
0: and that's scary. And Spark, I use Spark. It's free. Their strategy is probably is probably to sell it to be acquired because they're not making any money from it. And I would mm-hmm. be willing to pay for Spark because I really like to use it.
1: I don't know are, are they reading your emails and selling your information? <laughs> Google already
0: does that
1: <laughs> Because that's one of the things that usually happens and i I used an app that um, I should know better, but I, use, I, used, I used to use an app that uh, was free and worked pretty well and that should uh, take off the uh, the alarm, but it didn't, which was uh, unroll.me. I don't know if you heard of it.
0: Uh, I heard about it. Yes.
1: Uh, well, they they were free. Um, they still are free. What they do is easily allow you to kind of like uh, Tinder, I think. Swipe left and right to keep uh, to keep emails or unsubscribe them. And uh, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. But um, um, a couple of months ago, developers fo- found out that they are, they were scanning. Uh no, not scanning. They were reading emails and they're they they were collecting information on their users, and sell it to Harbor, I think.
0: Yeah, well, once once again, when you're not paying for something, you're the you're not the customer. You're the pro- you are the product. You're the product, yeah, because nothing is free. Yet. Yeah, exactly, nothing is free. If it's free, it has to have advertising, or they're just trying to get users to get a. A big number of views before they price it, or they're just searching for a way to monetize it. Mm-hmm. But people are working on this stuff. People need to make a living, and they, they can't do it by giving away their software.
1: This is not a geek alone with uh, very large glasses coding the apps for free on the on its parents' basement. This is a team of people, grown ups that make a living out of it. So yeah, these things aren't free. And they shouldn't. Um,
0: so, advantages of uh, subscriptions. Well, for the developer, it's easy. They have a sustainable income and predictable income. F- but for the user, it has some disadvantages, but it also has some advantages. For example, if you buy uh, an expensive app and you don't like it, you already, have, um, you already invested in it. So, it's, it's very unlikely that you will buy another or that you will try a different app. If you're paying a subs- subscription for that app and something better comes along or you decide, mm, it turns out this isn't for me, you can just change for another app.
1: And you, you couldn't do that with a one-time uh,
0: purchase? No, I'm saying that uh, when we're talking about expensive apps, that having a, subs- a subscription can be beneficial for the user because you don't get uh, yeah, you don't need to buy the app, you don't need to be- make a big investment, so... It- if you don't like the app, or if second better comes along, you can just stop paying that subscription, subscri- subscription, and change for another app. So it actually makes the market more flexible, and maybe it, yeah, it, it improves sense. competition. Yeah. Another advantage is for if you use an app uh, on a temporary basis. For example, I use the Office for for the Mac. Uh, a few months ago, but I only needed for a couple of months. So I paid the, a couple of months of a uh, Office 365 subscription. It was a better solution. Buying, mm-hmm. I think I paid an I don't know, 15 bucks for it, $15. It was better than to having to buy the Office Suite just so I can use that, that time for that time. We'll use, uh, for example, Photoshop or, or something like that just for a month or two because they need it for a job or uh, a specific mm-hmm. uh, task in time and they don't need to pay they can use it and just pay a very affordable fee for the time they're using they're using it uh, now there are also uh, some disadvantages when you're not a serious user of an app for example i used to um, to have um tax and i used it i liked it but I, i'm not i wasn't a power user i i like to use it once in a while but when they changed to a subscription model, it was too expensive for me to justify because I wasn't a real big user. So that's a problem with subscriptions. If uh, you use an app in term, if you don't, if you're not really a big user of an app, uh, you might be forced to stop using some apps that you liked because they don't, they're not. It's, you can't justify the expense.
1: So you stop having uh, customers that otherwise would buy the app
0: when you. Transition to a to a subscription price. You only keep the most uh, dedicated users, or the mo- the, the ones there that, mm-hmm. that like your product most, or they they see value on it. But you lose the old casual. You you will lose all the casual users. And I think that explains why normally subscriptions mm-hmm. are m- much more expensive than the the app purchase, the single mm-hmm. app purchase, because they have to account to all the all the users they are going to lose. For example, you, you use one uh, password, right? Yeah. And they you used to pay for each version of the app, right? Uh, they want every time they launch a new version, you mm-hmm. have to, you have to buy it again or upgrade it, right?
1: Uh, it there's an upgrade fee, but it's not yearly. It's uh, occasional when they launch a major version.
0: And they are changing for, to a subscri- a subscription a subscription fee. Is it more expensive to you? Is it better? How, how, how does it? Fare? I think
1: it is. I think it, it's. Uh, I guess it's fair to to pay the subscription the subscription for them, uh, and it's it's an app that I value most. Uh, probably it's one of the apps uh, that I can't live without on, both on, on the Mac and iOS. So on the iOS, I paid uh, on iOS I paid about seven dollars for it, and it's like forever for uh, eternal license <laughs> i didn't have to pay a single oh no yet yeah, wait uh, i think they have a, a subscription for pro users or another l- a level of payment for pro users they used to have and i think i paid it but uh, i did don't recall how much it was so even if it was another another seven bucks it was really cheap uh, and I didn't have to pay for, for it again. On the Mac, uh, it was kind of different because I started using One Password on 2011. And I think it was 47 bucks at the time. And after that, they upgraded um, the app uh, again on... On two separate occasions, on 2013 and and 2015, which they introduced the the upgrade fee. But it was quite strange because when I bought it, it was on on version 3. And then when they they did version 4, there was an an update fee. Uh, Version 5 also an update fee. Uh, both of them were uh, twenty-nine, twenty-nine dollars, the upgrade fees. But um, after that, they I think they offered uh, version six to users, and they stopped doing uh, major uh, uh, upgrades with a subscription, with a fee, a fee, a payment fee. So perhaps they were already planning to 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 do subscriptions. I don't know. So
0: do you have any idea how much you spent so far? Yeah, so far
1: on the Mac um on uh, 6 years from 2011 to 2017 I spent about uh, 100 and 5 dollars on the Mac
0: on the Mac plus the the what you spent on the on the on
1: iOS yeah in the meantime if I would go with uh, if I could go with subscriptions on on the same on the same uh, period of time, it would uh, I would need to pay uh, about two hundred and fifty dollars to write a six a six years license on on the
0: Mac. So you're going to pay more now, right? Yeah, but you think it's worth it. three dollars a month. It's a fair price to use the Mac and the iOS version.
1: So I think it, it is fair It is a fair price to pay for a, a, an app that actually functions very well. And one which I couldn't live without uh, because it stores all my passwords from all the services. And even software keys and things like that and uh, secure notes. So it's probably one of the most important apps uh, that I own. Am I willing to pay $3 a month to use it? Perhaps. But uh, they actually are offering the possibility to um, older users to maintain their perpetual license. And... I don't know how much that that, that will uh, be available, uh, for how long that will be available. I haven't decided what I'm going to do, but I, I'll probably uh, skip to licensing uh, to um, subscription licensing eventually. Eventually, yeah. There's a couple of uh, well-known apps that are transitioning to to subscriptions now. Uh, which are Day One and
0: uh, Ulysses? Actually, I think I have Day I have Day One on iOS. I don't use it. So really, yeah, I tried it. It was okay, but I, I'm not really one to keep a journal, so I'm not paying for the subscription. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ulysses, I heard about it a lot of times, and hmm. I never really had a chance to use it. So maybe I'll try it now.
1: I don't know. I, I don't use either of them. Uh like you said, are not the kind of uh, to to maintain a, a, a diary.
0: Yeah. This is a difficult topic to discuss because, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has a different value for software. Uh, but we can look at the, the side, what happens when you don't pay for software. And my girlfriend recently, for <laughs> to my surprise, asked me if she... What app could she use on android to to listen to a podcast and so <laughs> i when I used android i I used Pocket Pocketcast, which is the best Android app for podcasts period mm-hmm. she was looking for something so for a free app, so I searched on the web for free Android apps, and there wasn't a good one there really wasn't <laughs> also i I saw and lots of posts that you could you could subscribe to podcasts on Google Play. I tried to. I couldn't figure it out. If it's possible, <laughs> I don't know how to.
1: <laughs> let us know. Please let us know if it's possible.
0: <laughs> I don't really No, I don't care. It's just, it's not worth the trouble. Just, you'll pay the $5 for PocketCast. <laughs> I'm just, I think I'm going to offer the Cast because it's, it's not really that expensive, and it will give her a much better experience that you, that she will have with any other app. And that, that that's it in the end. It's, yep. Yeah, it's five dollars. So we spent five dollars on a lot of stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll probably I don't know if she will use it for a long time. For a long time. But I do know that if I install one of those crap apps that are available for free, she will have a bad a bad experience with them, and I don't want that. <laughs> she's my girlfriend I like I want her to have a good experience <laughs> so I guess this is the end of our show thank you for listening to us and.
1: we promise not to bother you again with uh, subscription models
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: although we would like to, for you to subscribe to Patreon on our podcast
0: <laughs> everybody's trying to monetize including us <laughs>